Hello and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. I first became aware of songwriter Terry Klein in 2018 when radio promoter Adam Dawson of Broken Jukebox Music sent me Terry's sophomore effort, Tex. I saw that Walt Wilkins produced the album and that's really all I needed to know to be intrigued enough to give it a full and complete listen. Terry has garnered high praise from two of my favorite musical heroes, Mary Gaucher and Rodney Crowell, as well as press and radio outlets across the United States and Europe. For his third album, Terry went to Nashville and worked with producer, multi-instrumentalist, and award-winning songwriter in his own right, Tom Utes. Good Luck, Take Care is described as a raw, visceral departure from the work he's done before. Ten dynamic songs that take hold from the first measure, knock you off balance, and won't let go without a fight. Adam Dawson contacted me in early 2022 to see if I might be of assistance in getting Terry a Kansas City gig because the postponement of Folk Alliance here until May 2022 was going to leave a big hole in his touring schedule to promote Good Luck Take Care. Terry was able to find a Kansas City gig, and I was only too happy to have him on the Tasty Brew Music radio show the day before he was to appear in our town. Enjoy this on-air conversation where we extol the virtues of leading a lyrical life from Boston to Austin, collaborating with some of the best producers and songwriters in Americana Roots music, and the importance of investing in your craft through co-writes and workshops. And with me on the telephone right now from Texarkana, Arkansas or Texas? Texas. Texas. Terry Klein, welcome. Thank KFI. you so much for having me, Diana. It's so great to be with you. Oh, well, you're you're so welcome. Have you caught your breath from from, from moving the couch onto the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm going to be all right. It was there. It was touch and go there for a couple seconds, but it, it was a big couch. You had to get it out the door and then onto the back of the flat flatbed, and it's done. It's there. The things we do, friends. And, right, and we shall never speak of it again. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll speak of other things. Your <laughs> your your music is not new to me. In that Adam Dawson had sent me a text when it was released several years ago, and we've we've spun some tunes from that record. I'm always fascinated by artists that. Start Started out in the corporate world or uh, on the other the other side of the music business. Uh, you are a lawyer or were a lawyer by trade? Is that correct? That's right. I was a lawyer, a trial lawyer for fifteen years in Boston, Massachusetts. Wow, what a segue! Were you always writing music or poetry or prose on the side? Because you're such an amazing songwriter. Well, thank you so much uh, for that. I didn't write a song until uh, November of 2013. I had been in a in a rock band in Los Angeles in the early 90s and we were good and we played at the famous places like the Whiskey and the and the Troubadour and then I stopped doing that and decided to try to be a grown-up for a few years all the while moving guitars around with me from apartment to apartment mostly having them gather dust you know around 2011 2012 um, I just started diving really deeply into country music you know starting with Hank Williams moving my, my way up to Merle Haggard and Waylon and Willie and, and, you know, found my way to Americana people. And I just loved the songs. I loved the stories in the songs. 
I loved how you could hang on every word and that it would transport you and divert. One of the things that I love about your songwriting, if if you take the time to put on a set of headphones and, and listen, there's a lot of, you know, literary references and references to pieces of art and, you know, grown-up <laughs> adult yeah. subject matter, which I appreciate very much. And from someone who came from the corporate world myself and didn't start this broadcast thing till I was nearly 60 years old, it's it's kind of fun, isn't it, to, to do something completely different than you were trained to do? It's so, it, and it really is different. People will occasionally ask me if there is any aspects of my law career that assist me in, in, in this endeavor. And I think the answer is really no. It's just so different in all the right ways that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about connecting with people and when it works, it's about making them happy, uh, happy to be listening, happy, happy to be with other people. It's just an entirely different thing. Well, you probably do a better job of perusing a contract and knowing what's in it and how to protect yourself on the business side of things, don't you think? Yes, I think that's, that's definitely true. You know, most venues don't do contracts these days. You know, it'll all be kind of handled through email and, and handshakes. And But when that stuff does come along, it definitely helps me. I'm not intimidated by it, you know, to the extent that it, that anybody is. I, I'm not. Why Boston to Austin? Well, we loved Austin. We just, we loved it. We, I think the first time we went was in 2011 and just fell in love with the with the city and, and went back. And so we, we that was a big part of that. You know, the other aspect of it is that Central Texas has uh, an incredibly rich songwriting tradition of the kind of writers that I like to emulate. You know, Tom Van Zandt, Hayes Carl, Robert Earl Keane, uh, Adam Carroll. Those are the people who, who I want to be when I grow up. And so rather than, than doing the Nashville thing, and there's incredible stuff happening in Nashville that I that is just such a high-quality I decided to try something a little different, and so we moved to Austin instead. That was uh, on my radar to do as well. Uh, my better half, who passed away in 2008, was from Austin, and I've spent a lot of time down there and, and wanted to move down there, and it, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, Kansas City has a wonderful you know, musical heritage of its own, but I love to get back to Austin at least once a year um, to visit friends and to go to places you know, like Wero's and the Continental Club and you know the places that have been um, the backbone of the Texas so-called Texas singer-songwriter scene. I mean, you Texas is such a big place anyway. You could spend your whole career down there, never leave the state and do just fine. You know, there are artists that, that do that. People like Pat Green and Corey Morrow and folks like that hardly ever leave, you know, the state right. and do just, do just fine.
sink Pounded my fist on the shores There'd be blood and cracked porcelain everywhere And I'm too blue Darling, don't cry You're just making it worse Yeah, the doctor says I don't need medicine But these days, honey, I ain't so sure during the pandemic was this last record or this record that drops today the good luck take care is uh dropping to radio today um was that something that was on the burner before the lockdown or something that is a product of uh it was very much in process before in february of of 2020 i was i was talking to producer and a a record label about getting into the studio in july of that year and and making a record and the pandemic just brought that to a screeching halt, and then and it, and it ultimately didn't happen uh, that way. The the thing that saved me during the pandemic was live streaming. Uh, I did a weekly live stream on Wednesdays at noon, so that people could check in during lunch, play for an hour, and people you know tipped me via Venmo and PayPal, and that that helped financially. And having that structure of doing it once a week also just helped me stay on my toes and not get rusty. So. It was weird. It was horrible in its way, but my family stayed healthy and were healthy so far. So, so very lucky in that respect. How was the learning curve 
on, you know, the software and the hardware and everything else you had to do to pull off a successful, watchable live stream. Did, did you have mm. all that equipment ahead of time, or was it a real quick? I gotta, I gotta learn how to do this. Uh, it was quick. It was quick. I had to learn how to do it. I was lucky that I had a really, and still do, I have a really good USB mic that I can just plug into my my Mac. Uh, and turn on the camera and you know first I started doing it on, on the iPad and then I upgraded to doing it on the computer and that made things a little bit better. There was a great company that maybe still exists called StreamYard uh, that made the, the process easier and you know you could stream to multiple locations. There was definitely a learning curve. I recorded a couple singles during the pandemic and there was that was a huge learning curve of learning how to get a good signal and and, and and send it out to my friend Jackson Emmer, who would produce it and master what I what I sent to him. That was that was a big learning curve for me, much bigger than Livestream. Well, and for sure, being based in Austin, I'm sure that the the community that you're in down there, if there if there was a hole in your learning, you you could plug it pretty quickly with with someone that you knew in your circle of influence. Um, let's talk about that circle of influence a little bit. Your first couple of records were produced by Walt Wilkins, who's another one of those guys that really isn't that well known outside of Texas, I don't think, but is you know revered down there and I and I love when I go to Austin if if he's playing his regular residency gig at the sex, sex and pub man I try to get down there to catch it how is it that you came to have Walt Wilkins as your producer I I was just incredibly fortunate he is an unbelievable songwriter and he is a better person we uh, we met at the house of a, of a songwriter you probably know named Kevin Welsh yes um, um, yeah it was a songwriting retreat I I was just right about to transition from being a lawyer to to doing this and I played a song of mine called Watchmen for Wall and it really connected with him and we got to talking and just became friends and kept in touch and I knew he produced records I didn't in my wildest dreams think he would produce my first record but we got to talking about it and it happened and you know everything that you hear that's good on on good luck take care which i'm incredibly proud of everything you hear that's good is is a result of, of walt teaching me how to do this teaching me how to how to write teaching me how to record teaching me how to be a professional musician i just feel so fortunate to have him in my life you are a lucky lucky man you know one of the things i love when i'm listening to this new record is the instrumentation choices that you made and how they convey the mood of the record you know whether it's the pedal steel or a cello or a kind of a spanish feel to a, a, i mean it's just really tasteful how you made those decisions it makes it very very listenable um the producer on this record i'm probably pronouncing his name last name incorrectly how does tom pronounce his last name it's tom Utes. it's Utes. i thought it was with the u and not with the j um yeah. I, i've been lucky enough to see him at folk alliance when it's been here in kansas city um mm-hmm. several times and I believe he was just like the IBMA Songwriter of the Year last Correct. year. So was it, was there a connection between Tom and Walt that brought you to Tom as your producer for this record? There, there wasn't. They knew each other in Nashville when Walt was based in Nashville and are huge fans of each other. But I found, so, so Tom released a record the same day I did in 2000, in, in 2019. The same day my record came out, he, Eric Brace, and, and Peter Cooper 
put out a record. And Adam Dawson worked that record, and he worked my record, too. So I became aware of him through that. Was that on Red, Red Beat Records or on, on I'm not Earth? sure what I'm not sure what label that one was on. That's um, Eric in, uh, had that record label with, uh, uh, that's his partner in that's at the Country Music Hall of Fame now. I'm having... Uh, is, it, is it Peter Cooper? Yes, Peter, yes, he yeah. did. And he yeah. did. Uh, you know, long story short, when it came time this fall for me to finally uh, get going on making a record, I, I listened to a few records that Tom had produced for, for Otis Gibbs specifically. And my reaction was, everything sounds exactly the way it's supposed to sound. Yep. Um, you know, things, drums sound like drums, guitars sound like guitar. Uh, and I reached out to him, and six weeks later, we were in the studio making a record. Again, I, 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 I feel really lucky that, I, that he was willing to work with me I'm, one of the things I'm very happy about on this record, the way that people are reacting to it, is that it's drawing attention to just how incredible producer and instrumentalist he is. He's in just a, a world-class guitar player. Yes, he is. If you're just joining us, this is the Taste of Your Music radio show. I'm on the phone with Terry Klein from Austin, Texas. He's coming to Kansas City for a house concert tomorrow night that is being co-hosted by our friend of the program, Sky Smead, a Lawrence-based songwriter from, uh, from our area. You know, Terry, you alluded to something thing a little while ago, a songwriting retreat. I work a lot with young songwriters here in Kansas City that, you know, have chosen to live here and to, to work here. And I don't think a lot of them have been to a songwriting retreat, either virtually or in person. And I and I read that you attended Mary Gaucher's, one of Mary Gaucher's songwriting retreat. I wonder if you could share with our listeners a little bit of that experience and in, in what value you found in attending a songwriter's workshop oh it's so valuable i learned how to write songs by going to workshops and you know there's a similar aspect of the of the fiction world of the literary world where there are workshops that get put on where you bring a story and you sit with somebody who really knows what they're doing and they will give you feedback on it and tell you what you're doing right and tell you what you're not doing right so there's that there's the learning aspect of it there is the connecting with other writers. You you know, there are a zillion different kinds of songwriting workshops. And so usually when you end up at one, it's kind of geared toward a certain kind of music. And so you meet all these people who love the same stuff that you do. And so it, so there's a community a community building aspect of it as well. I think it's invaluable. I think that, you know, I have, you know, Kevin hasn't put on a retreat in a while, but anybody who asks me about it, I tell them they need to do Mary's workshop. If they want to write songs that mean something that connect with people if that's their goal then they need to they need to do that because it was it was really one of the great experiences in my life well i can only i'm not a songwriter i'm not i'm, I'm not a musician but i can only imagine that it probably feels like a safe harbor and that you feel you would feel more amenable to sharing whatever idea that you have that you're afraid to share with someone who's not at the same you know place in their head trying to, to articulate something in a song I would think that it would be a great investment if there was any way you could pull it off I mean the thing is you have to usually travel there's yes. lodging involved there's meals that's you got to take time off from work if you're working a regular Joe job but uh, I would think that if you're really really committed to the art 
of the song that it would be a valuable thing. And I, I just wanted you to share that because I think that it's something that our local songwriters may not have any experience with and, and would like to know how that how that works. I think you're right. And I think, Diana, what I would say to you on that is that there there is a, a wonderful community in Kansas City, the Folk Alliance being there, and with you, and with you know people like Bob McWilliams, where I bet you could talk Mary Gaucher or Walt Wilkins or, or pick, you know, pick a songwriter. I bet you could convince them to come there and do a workshop for 20 people 25 people and so you cut out the travel piece thing because the thing about people who do this who run these workshops is they do it because they love it because it makes them feel good and they would do it more if they could you know do you write every day i do when i am in writing mode by which there's kind of record releasing mode and there's writing mode it, i haven't written a whole lot in the last couple months but you know as, as long as i'm not trying to put out a record i will sit down for i'll sit down in my writing room for a couple hours a few hours a day and just see what happens i am not a person who, who waits for inspiration i will, will go so far as to say that my favorite writers the writers i respect the most are also people who don't wait for inspiration they sit down and they they wait yep they're, they're, the antenna is up and they're just waiting for the yeah. i call it the pixie dust <laughs> to yeah. come down and and, and, uh, do do you like to collaborate with other writers have you been to nashville where you go into the their little room down there in one of those houses on music row and try to uh, make some magic with one two or three other writers i'm trying to think if i've ever co-written in nashville i'm sure i have I've co-written everywhere else, though. In Austin, I, I like to write with people. In Boston, when we lived there, I, I, I would write with a couple of people. Zoom helps, though it's not really a great approximation of sitting in a room with somebody and getting to know them. I think co-writing is a, is a way to become a better writer. I think two heads are better than one is a cliche, but it's true. You know, the co-write on this record, on Good Luck, Take Care, that I, I'm so fond of is a song called The Salt. I wrote that with Jackson Emmer, who I mentioned before. We wrote it over a few weeks, and it was just a wonderful give and take. I love, I love, I love that process. I love some of the lyrics from that tune. You change the weather in my head, and you yeah. know, sometimes love is simply sitting still. You know the the, yeah. the lyrics like that. Well, I'm so glad that you're coming to Kansas City, and that folks will be able to see you up close and personal in a very intimate setting. I'm uh, posting the link for the house concert on my social media platforms. So is Sky Smead. We welcome you. I know that when you you're in this so-called mode of promoting a record it's a lot of a lot of activity there's a flurry of activity with radio interviews and driving from between memphis and kansas city and places like that and i'm so happy that you were able to squeeze us in uh, today because i know it's a really really busy time for you i've um, chosen a couple tunes today to play after we uh, conclude this conversation the one i've chosen from the new record is such a town because it kind of tells the story of of your former life um, <laughs> Yes. In Boston. I love all the references, you know, that are in it to Robert Francis, to the Rainbow Coalition, to uh, Whitey, what's his name? Whitey Bulger, the, Whitey Bulger, the, the, the mob boss and uh, the Pixies and all. So uh, we're going to hear for that tune. And after that, I thought from text we might play. What if I got pulled up from text? Too, too blue to get that far. It's kind of mm. a, a sampling of some Terry Klein music. What's what's next for you? When you leave Kansas City, what's next? And what's the best way for folks to access all things terry klein so the i'll take the latter part question first the best way is on my website and that's terrykleinmusic.com and you can find anything that you really want to know about me there 
Uh, there's a store, there's a bio, there are a bunch of videos, and there's a list of shows, which was your first question. Um, so tonight I'm in Memphis, then tomorrow night I'll be in Kansas City, and then on Sunday night I'll be at a place called Byron's in Pomeroy, Iowa. Oh, yes. I've wanted, I've wanted to play there for a long time, and I'm so excited to, to get up there and, and do that. We have a songwriter named Chad Elliott that's a staple on this show that lives up there in Lamoni, Iowa, and Byron's, I think, is one of his favorite places to play in the whole world so you're in for a real yeah. treat i think yeah i can't wait and then after that it's back to austin and i'll be playing shows on the east coast and the west coast in march and just kind of seeing what happens are you staying away from austin during south by southwest are you going to make sure you're out of town while that's going on i am <laughs> though, though i'm doing the the only thing on earth that is slight that is possibly more crazy which is i'm playing in boston on st patrick's day oh my gosh well <laughs> you know you know what you're getting into you know you're from yeah there so it's it's all good you should be just fine well thanks again for your time today safe travels as you say the the record is uh, take care and good luck thank you yeah. so much diana i can't wait to see you tomorrow i can't wait to see sky tomorrow It'll, i'm just looking very forward to it. it's going to be a pleasure thank you so much for your time and this is uh 90.1 fm kkfi kansas city community radio and this is terry klein Kids were born in Boston just like me. 